Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti, this is News Cappuccino. E non dire più quelle cose che hai detto. Okay, so we've entered the bar. It's mid-morning, so it's not really crowded. The people who are rushing to the office have gone. You got a couple of old people in the corner reading the newspaper, and there are two men having a relatively heated discussion quite close. But first we need to take care of our drink. Over the bar, there's no big sign with uh, lattes or mocha choca, latte, coochie coochie, etc. But you just see a barman looking at you expectantly. So, well, the first thing you think of is ordering a coffee. So you say, un caffè per favore. At this point, the bartender will continue to look at you questioningly and say something like, normale? Do you mean normal? Because a normal coffee in an Italian bar is a small cup of espresso coffee. A really small cup. A shot cup, almost, of coffee. Be careful, because it's served up relatively hot, but not scalding hot like you get in the walk-around cups from the coffee chains. In Naples, for example, they even heat the cup. So, you've got a coffee. You could have had it macchiato, which means with a drop of frothy milk. Then, people are a bit particular in Italy about whether it's macchiato caldo, that is, with warm frothy milk, or macchiato freddo, that is, with cold frothy milk. I myself have never really seen a big difference, but anyway. You could also have had a cappuccino, which is a coffee with a bit more frothy milk in it, or you could have had a latte macchiato, which is milk with a little bit of coffee in it. If you go in and order a latte or latte, you'll just get a glass of milk, because that's what latte means in Italian. If you're hungry, you can get a pastry, a croissant or something like that, also depending on which area of Italy you're in. In the north, for example, you'll very likely find something savoury as well, like a little piece of pizza. This is because, again, you're in a bar. You're not in a birreria, which would correspond to a pub, and you're also not in an enoteca, which is a place you would go to taste and buy wine. For today, let's stick with our coffee. As we sip our coffee and gaze off into empty space, we eavesdrop a bit on the animated conversation that the two men are having. It's about the current Italian government. After elections in March, in a three-month period of negotiations, the government was finally formed. It was formed between the League and the Five Star Movement both of which have been in politics for several years now, the League in particular, since the early 90s. But it is rather unusual that they are actually dominating the government. The League was actually born as the Northern League, the Lega Nord, whose main policy was to promote Northern autonomy and at times in their history even Northern independence, and even promoting a couple of symbolic referendums. Now they've dropped the northern part and they've shifted from northern autonomy to a more nationalistic, sort of Italy-first position. The Five Star Movement is even more of an unusual entity. Started by comedian Beppe Grillo, it began as a great protest movement, basically anti-establishment, anti-corruption, basically anti-everything that came before it. 
Neither party in the recent election had enough of a majority to form a government on their own, so they have done it together. But but maybe we'll talk a bit more about that next time, because what catches our attention is the accent of the two men that are talking. We're up in the north now, and those men are not are from around here. They have a distinctly Roman accent. Italy has been united for over a hundred and fifty years. And everybody, more or less, now speaks Italian all over the country. But you can still understand distinctly where somebody comes from according to their accent. I have had the great opportunity, particularly thanks to my parents, to visit cities all over the world: London, New York, Philadelphia is one of my favourites, Madrid, Istanbul, and so on. But perhaps, aside from London, my favourite city in the world is Rome. Rome is amazing. The city is fantastic. The people are nice, very helpful, even too helpful because they'll be willing to help you and give you directions, even if they don't know where they're sending you. They are very direct and outgoing, and perhaps to Northern Europeans and Americans, they can seem a bit too direct, even rude. But it's just part of their character. It's not actually being rude. Some of my more recent trips to Rome has been as a tourist, and I've had more of a chance to visit things. It's only very recently that I sat in amazement, staring up at the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. The trick there is, as you get pushed through like cattle, try and grab one of the chairs on either side as soon as you can. That way, you don't get pushed along by the crowd or by one of the security people. I also, more recently, actually went into the Colosseum, although my daughter. Who was only five or six at the time was not impressed at all, and duly fell asleep. So all the pictures we have of me there are with a little girl draped over me, sleeping soundly. If I were to try and do that now, I'd probably come out of it with serious back problems. But perhaps the most memorable trip I ever had to Rome was when I went for a conference in which I was speaking about human rights. The conference was relatively early, one Saturday morning. I don't really remember the time, but let's say around tenish. Back then, we still didn't have our fancy high-speed trains, so the trip to Rome was four or five hours by train from my city. I looked at all the tables, and considering that volunteering for human rights gives you no money at all, I had to choose the cheapest option. So the cheapest option was an overnight train, but without reserving a sleeping coach. So. I put on my suit and tie and took my fancy leather bag because I was supposed to speak in the Campidoglio, the city's capital building, and there was even going to be a senator intervening at my side. So I got onto the night train. I walked along the very crowded coaches and compartments and started to despair of finding a seat. Finally, I came into a coach that was completely and totally deserted. What great luck! I sat down, stretched out, and thought that I'd even have room to lie down and sleep without anyone bothering me. I soon found out that the coach was deserted because at a certain point we'd be stopping and they would actually be detaching the coach from the rest of the train. So I had to make my way back into the crowded compartments. Everything was full, and I finally found a place. But soon understood why it had been left unoccupied. I seemed to have happened into sort of a 
modern-day travelling version of the musical Hair. It was basically a hippie coach, and the smells and attire really confirmed it. With ripped clothes and jangling bracelets and piercing in various locations on their bodies. I discovered after chatting with some of the more focused ones that they were on their way to a protest to legalize marijuana. They were by that time a little bit too far gone on their sweet-smelling substances to be threatening. I really stuck out with my suit and tie and leather bag. It was also getting late, so we were actually able to get some sleep once I'd pushed myself into the compartment into the one remaining empty space. Once we'd closed the compartment door to block out the smell of vomit out in the hallway, we actually snoozed a little bit. I arrived in Rome very early in the morning. I would say just before seven o'clock. And so I decided to make my way to the Colosseum via the underground, and then take the not too long walk from the Colosseum to Piazza Venezia and the Campidoglio. I think that that walk is one of my fondest and most intense memories of visiting a city. At that early hour on a Saturday morning, there was absolutely no one around. No tourists. No municipal workers, no buses, no trash collectors, no one. It was just me, and the ruins of the Palatine and the Roman Forum. As I stared out over the ruins of the Forum, I could almost see and feel the ghosts of ancient Rome moving around me. I could see the people running to market, the senators all dressed up with their entourage moving to the Forum. And if I peeked back and looked at the Palatine, maybe I could even see one of the great emperors looking down upon the great city. The spell, in the end, broke, and as the first people began to appear, I made my way to the Campidoglio. I presented myself to the custodian there. I think by that time it must have been about nine o'clock. I really like to get early to those things, and I said to him. I know I'm early. It's、uh, nine o'clock, but the conference is at ten. So could I perhaps get in? He looked at me curiously and gave a little chuckle. You're in Rome, he told me. If it's supposed to start at ten, it won't start until at least ten thirty, maybe eleven. In the end, I think the conference started somewhere around quarter to eleven. It went quite well. I received the compliments of the senator, and I was very satisfied with the whole trip. I made my way back home, this time in a more relaxing environment, and managed to sleep quite a bit on the way back. All in all, the trip and the conference went quite well, but it would not have mattered in any case. For that day, for that day, I formed a memory that will be with me for the rest of my life. On that day, I walked with the ghosts of ancient Rome. Thanks very much for coming along on this first episode of News Cappuccino. Please let me know what you think. You can write to me as usual at hello at a history of Italy, or on the website. Click through to the social media, or if you're listening on Patreon, drop me a note on Patreon. I look forward to getting your feedback. Until next time, thank you very much for listening, and alla prossima puntata. A rimediare, anzi vai pure a rimediare.
Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.